0: This is the Happy Work Podcast, where we discuss all the things we can do to make our work, and with it, our life better. In today's episode, I am going to talk about something that is so fundamental, so existential even, but at the same time, it's also my favorite topic, because it is the place where everything begins. And now for you who have followed me for a while and have either read Uh, about the things that I say or hurt me on previous episodes, you know that I stand for work as the expression of your truth. And that is the only way to really express that within you so that what comes from that is the experience of happiness. And I've always said in the past many times that the only thing that makes life real and valid and memorable is the experience of it. And the experience of things happens in the realm of emotions. So if we go after things in our lives through our work that don't feed into our beautiful emotional experience, you could consider them invalid as non-relevant. And there are quite a few of those. I keep seeing them in the people that I am blessed to work with, that for the longest time they've gone after things that seemingly don't really matter when it comes to the experience of life. Likewise, we, entrepreneurs and, you know, people working jobs are guilty of looking for things to improve our work out there in the world. So when we know, once we realize that our emotional experience of our work is somewhat lacking... We didn't go and look for things, but where are we looking? And That's what I'm going to talk about today. We are looking out there in the world. Of course, we look for strategies, we look for tactics, we look for methods, we read books, we go and do an MBA or we do continued education of whatever kind, we visit seminars. We pile up all this knowledge and now we have all these tools at our disposition, but there's one tool, or rather the tool of all tools or the toolkit itself We never even consider. And I know that for a lot of people, the biggest toolkit is probably their attitude. They think if you change your attitude towards life and work, things will change. I'm here to tell you that that's not good enough because an attitude is a kind of behavior. But there's something bigger that informs behavior. Behavior doesn't just exist in a vacuum. It's not just suspended in thin air. It is created by something and it is important that we go back to the root and investigate what stands at the very beginning. What is the very thing that creates context? What is that biggest of all tools that we have? And that, my friends, is of course found in the depth of our mind. Now when it comes to the mind... I have investigated this beautiful mystery for years and years. And I have worked and talked and spent a lot of time with neuroscientists. And to this day, I am absolutely stunned by the way the mind works, how much it is misunderstood, and how beautiful it would be to use it actually as what it is intended to be for us, an ally and a friend. Now, let me tell you, The mind, as complicated as it seems, is actually much more simple than it appears to be. The mind itself is a machine. You could say the mind is, in a computer, a little bit like the infrastructure. It's the thing that everything runs on. And the infrastructure is made up of technical details, uh, you know, the, the, the entire form of the mind, which is very similar in most human beings. But now, if we compare ourselves to a computer, a very sophisticated one, but yet yeah, a computer nevertheless, we have this infrastructure that we know is very important. But at the same time, we have all these things that we want to do in our work. And I compare these to applications, the apps on your phone or the apps on your computer. So... Now, in order to run these apps, which are, you know, uh, serving your clients, building value, interacting with a team, doing marketing, all of these things are a little bit like applications that you, you execute based on your computer. But what does a computer need in order to be even able to touch upon its own potential? What is that one thing that is needed in order to make a computer work? And in order to make applications work, the thing that fuses the infrastructure of the mind with the application, the execution in the world as work. And that is the mindset, or in the computer language, it will be the operating system. Now, if our operating system is limited, if our operating system is not capable of accessing all our potential, then, of course, it doesn't matter what Applications we're trying to run and it doesn't matter what kind of mind, what kind of infrastructure we have because we will never be able to touch the entire potential. And when it comes to the mind, when it comes to the majority of humanity, that's exactly the case. The way we use our mind, the way we set it, so the, the modus operandi we set it to is actually working against us. And let me explain you how that is meant. Your mind works in three different ways. Three different mindsets are available to you, but only two of them are available to you as a choice. The first one is the primal one. It's the lizard brain. It's the one that is here to protect you, to secure your survival. It's also called the instinctive brain. Now, the instinctive brain is very important because it's the one that allows you to survive, it's the one that allows you to react to some someone pointing a gun or a knife at you, running away from a tiger. Having a proper response in the face of danger is what the instinctive mindset does. It is important that we recognize that it is important to. It is important that we nurture this mindset because without it, we would probably lose our life very quickly. Most people, even though they're not in danger anymore. They still hold on to the instinctive mind. They drag the instinctive mind along with them, even though they're not in danger anymore. And I like to compare this to the mechanics of a car. Imagine the instinctive mind as the first and the second gear in your transmission. The first and the second gear in your transmission is only here to either get your car rolling, starting, or then to get you up a hill or out of a pickle. The instinctive mind, just like the lower gears in a car, is here to give you a lot of performance, a lot of power, to get out of a hairy situation, to get you going. That's exactly what the instinctive mind does. If a tiger attacks you, you have to run very fast. However, this brings with it also the reality of time. The instinctive mind, just like the first and the second gear, is not meant to be used over a long period of time. You cannot drive on a highway in the first or second gear, just like you cannot live your life in the instinctive mode, because it would grind you down. And I mean this quite literally. Cars that drive, uh, or drivers that car- that drive their cars in the first and second gear and try to drive it on the highway will break the engine, it will overheat, it will burn Oil and a lot of gas, it will kill their mileage and the longevity. It's the same with us. If you look around, all this mental health, uh, all the mental health issues we have, the toxicity at the workplace, the poor state our economy is in, and the terrible businesses that are being built are a reflection of people who are stuck in the first and second gear. But now, this is important. It is actually not the instinctive mind that people hold on to. Because once danger is over, you have actually a choice between two mindsets. So while you don't have a choice to engage in your instinctive mind, you have a choice between two mindsets when the danger is over. The first mindset is the one of scarcity. And that is the one that behaves exactly like the instinctive one, the fear-reactive one, And this is the scarcity mindset, because just like the instinctive one, it tries to keep you safe. But as it tries to keep you safe in the absence of danger, it also keeps you small. It keeps you in a safe place when you should actually move forward. So it keeps you in the first and second gear when you should actually be gliding in fifth and sixth gear on the highway. And we do this this very often. We engage in the scarcity mindset and we don't even realize that we do that. We think we are out of the instinctive zone, but we're actually not. We're holding on to it. And that's when the mindset switches from being instinctive to being falsely instinctive. Scarcity is that mindset. And the scarcity mindset is one of limitation, Because it limits your options to that which keeps you safe. And I've talked about this numerous times before. Life is not about being safe. Life is about the exploration of the self and the application of your truth in the world through happy work. Work that is your art. And that is impossible to a mindset that is stuck in scarcity. You cannot possibly move forward. However, there is a switch in your head. And this switch has not been acknowledged by most people. It is likely that you too have not acknowledged it. This switch allows you to switch between the scarcity mindset, so the false instinct, and the abundance mindset, which is the one of intuition. And when it comes to these two MOs that we have, We can only have one at any given time. You cannot run on instinct and intuition at the same time. You're either preserving yourself or you are expanding. You're either in survival mode or you are in thriving mode. And that's what that switch does, but nobody knows about the presence of that switch. Once the challenge is over, once you're not facing fear anymore, you have the choice between these two states. Scarcity mindset and abundance mindset. Now, the abundance mindset is the natural expansive mindset. The one we are born with. It is the one that is naturally present in every human being when they are born. It's the one of curiosity, of playfulness, of exploration, of adventure. It's the one that wants to know and seeks to understand. It's the one that yearns for happiness. It's the one that pushes you forward. It's your third, fourth, fifth, and sixth gear. The thing is that a lot of people, they progress From instinct into false instinct and scarcity or from instinct into intuition. And we actually see that at a societal level when it comes to money. Maybe you know or you have experience for yourself... You know, the immediate loss of money. For example, bankruptcy. If someone is faced with bankruptcy, that is an immediate challenge that calls for the instinctive mind. You are in a situation of danger, and your instinctive mind allows you to deal with that situation. However, as time goes by and danger subsides... Nature would want you to progress into an abundant mindset so that now you can move forward, you can expand, you can now use the money that you found anew in your life to move forward and reinvest in yourself and do the work you're supposed to do. However, this is what most people don't do. And then they choose the scarcity mindset when they flip the switch. And what happens? That's when a person that was once broke becomes poor. That's when a person that was once raped stays a victim. So it is the scarcity mindset that turns the teaching of an incident, an event, something that happened in the past and that triggered your instinct, that turns that into a rule, a condition that sticks with you. Poor people are poor people because of their mindset. They don't get out of poverty because their mindset glues them. To this place. They will constantly spend money on things they shouldn't. And they will look in the wrong places for money. And they will not reinvest it into the things that will get them to move forward. They will stay in the first and second gear. Because they remember that the way that the challenge hit them, it will always hit them. We might not be responsible for a bankruptcy. Or for the loss of a job. Or for going broke. The economy changes. Things happen. Things happen. And that's what the instinctive mind is here to deal with. But then, once we get out of that zone, the choice is ours to flip the switch. If we're not careful, we will always tend towards scarcity because that's what our mind does to keep us safe. The scarcity mindset will teach us to never ever fall back into the reality of bankruptcy or being broke again by keeping us poor. As crazy as it sounds, that's its natural wiring, because we allow for it. But if we switch into abundance, the state of the newborn, the newborn looks at the world with curious eyes, and it doesn't know lack, then, of course, we move out of a place of survival towards a place of thriving. Now, the difference between these two mindsets could not possibly be bigger. Because the way they see the present is the difference between the two. The scarcity mindset sees the present as a moment, a place that is lacking. Because they recognize something is missing today and I have to work towards a better future. They project their entire life into a place that doesn't exist. Because of something that they learned in the past. The scarcity mindset is the mindset that moves you out of the present moment and makes you not not aware of the present and unavailable to the present. And that is a terrible thing because your life takes place in the present. But the scarcity mindset is so worried about the future and what it might bring and so hurt by the past that its present moment is unavailable and you cannot deliver your value and show up as yourself in the present moment. That is that is something that creates heartache and heartbreak. The abundant mindset, on the other hand, only knows the present. It does not know about an inexisting future. It does not project itself and make itself dependent on whatever an uncertain future might bring because it knows it doesn't have a crystal ball. But it also knows if it focuses all its energy. All its energy and everything it has, all its attention on the present moment, it does not have to worry about tomorrow. It knows that tomorrow will be fine because it gave it it all today. And that is very simple and basic logic that everything in nature follows. The tree does not care about tomorrow, it cares about what it needs to do today. So, Focusing on the present moment is something that's only available to the abundant mindset. It is the expression of abundance, because abundance is not a future thing. Abundance is an experience of the present moment. And such an experience requires the mental framework, the context of a mindset that is abundant. In saying that, It also means that perfection is always achieved when you have an abundant mindset. Because you say, the present moment is perfect, it could not be better, and tomorrow it will be perfect again, no matter what's happening. That's the ultimate power of the abundant mindset, because that also means that today you're already doing a perfect job. For your work, it means that your clients don't need to worry that they would get the better version of you tomorrow. They get the best version of you today, right now. And that's what happy work is all about. Sad work is to be in a place where you have to struggle and hustle and fight to do a better job, to achieve something, to fulfill something tomorrow or in a year. Whenever we put sales targets in numbers, we project ourselves into the future and we lose track of the present moment. The present moment becomes unavailable to us because... The scarcity mindset calls the present moment imperfect. That is just the logical consequence. If you say that perfection is a place, a destination in the future, you also say that the present moment is a place in the present that is incomplete, unachieved, and imperfect. That is a sad reality to live in, my friends. You don't want to spend your time, your life, your time on this planet thinking and living in a reality that is imperfect because every day will be imperfect with that kind of mindset because there will always be more more perfection that could be possible even if you don't know for certain that's where the abundant mindset really has the upper hand it allows for people to be fully present and not to judge the present moment not to fear a future that doesn't exist and to disconnect from the past but I'm not saying the people who have an abundant mindset ignore their past. Not at all. The past is important because of its lessons and teachings. It is the experiences from the past that inform our abundance in the present moment. Because otherwise we would be like toddlers trying to stick a fork into a power outlet. We know through experience, through learnings from the past, that you shouldn't do that. But your abundance... And that experience together creates the strong starting point for your work where all you have to do is to allow for abundance for this perfection of the moment to radiate through you and inspire the path of yourself. You will never, ever go on the path of knowing yourself and expressing yourself without abundance in your mind. It will be unavailable to you. I guarantee you this. It's absolutely certain. Your truth is unavailable to you with a scarcity mindset because your mind will always seek to protect you from the adventure that's within you. It doesn't seem safe. However, if you say the outcome of everything you do is in the present moment, you don't need to look into the future to know that what you're doing is right and good and valid. Then you have achieved abundance. I know that many of you will wonder, okay, but how do you achieve abundance in you? Well, all I can tell you in the short amount of time I have here is that it all begins with awareness because it is awareness that divides us into unaware people who are driven by their scarcity mindset and aware people who grasp their abundance mindset. It is not just through repetition of a daily practice that you will find back into your abundant self but it is through connection with an emotion of abundance that you go back. So if, for example, you take time out of your day, five or ten minutes, and you repeat to yourself in silence, in full awareness, and with deep desire that you are enough, that the world is enough, and that this moment is enough, and you really attach an emotional experience with it, like you feel it, and you feel it more and more the more you do it, You create a mental memory inside of your mind and your mind, because it is your ally, because it is your friend, because it is here to support you on your adventure in expanding yourself, it will happily oblige because it will realize that that's what it actually wants. It doesn't need to worry about safety. That's what it wants. And the more you show up as such, and the more you bring this emotional experience with you into your daily practice, but then also into your day, into the exchange with people and in your job and with your family, the more abundance becomes a context of your doing and of your being until you're back at this initial place where you were when you were born and then abundance will not just be a practice it will not just be a promising possibility an option, a switch in your mind but it will again become the sole real operating system of your mind that will give life and and light and opportunity and possibilities to everything you choose and everything you decide in your professional and in your private life